This the remix. Mark. The groins aren't very good usually. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Things got testy. Ah! The Las Vegas Journal Review. Whacking that thing around. You get minutes in this program and you know, make a nice call cheer for you. This is what we see. Is there a wow. murder going on? That was awesome. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Coming up a little later in the show, tickets to the NBA Summer League. So if you want to watch uh, some NBA Summer League, stay tuned. We've got tickets for you. Start of the show, we talked about where UNLV fits in, where UNLV could be in five years, given the realignment of college football. Uh, just so you know, Ed Fernando chimed in to say that UNLV will still be in the Mountain, or that the Mountain West, Pac-12, and Big 12 will merge, and UNLV will be left out and in the whack. The whack. Yeah. All right. So, Fernando, not too optimistic, as usual. Well, I was going to um, say... <laughs> it's not like Fernando was putting him in the SEC. So we talked about UNLV and sort of the West Coast and what happens out here. But I'm curious, like, if we look big picture at college football, what what ends up happening here? Like, are we going to have – are the Big Ten and SEC going to poach the rest of the good programs and sort of set up a power two? Will the ACC sort of – like, What's the end well, game? What does college football look like? Haven't we always five thought, or ten years? From haven't now? we thought for a long time it's just going to be a couple super conferences? Is it two, or, or maybe it's it just maybe it's two? just well, is it one? Yeah, is, is it mean, just a super conference and you go to a certain number and you cut everyone else off? That's what we've talked about in the past with UNLV. Depending on the number, would they make the cut? And if they didn't make the cut, and you know they couldn't play Division One football. What what in the world would happen to UNLV if they couldn't make a cut on a super conference? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see, like, what do the Big Ten and SEC do from a? Do we want to try to kill everything else off? Like, do we mm-hmm. want to go pillage the ACC and end that conference? Do we want to take Oregon and end the Pac-12? Like. Or do they sit back and say, okay, we are in a good enough spot. The ACC can survive. They can come with us or whatever. And we can, you know, go from here, whatever from here looks like. But ultimately, I mean, the the end result here is going to be the split, right? The end result is going to be whatever the power conferences are five years from now, splitting away from the NCAA and doing their own college football. We've heard it talked about plenty of times, right? Like that's, I think what's ultimately going to happen. It's to me, it's just a question of what does, what does the split look like? Right. Is that split right? If it happened right now, it's the big 10, the sec and probably the ACC comes along with them. And those three are off by themselves. And what happens to the big 12? They stay. Probably, I mean, the Big 12 as is is not anywhere as good as those three conferences, and the Pac-12 is not either. And so, I'm I'm fascinated to see sort of where that split is because if it happened right now with just the Big 10, SEC, and ACC, there's still a lot of decent to good programs that get left out there, like Oregon being one of the main ones there. But 
is there some way that those programs get included as well? I I don't know exactly what well, happens. Well, if they want to do what you just said and destroy people, then they yeah. go then they go steal them. You know, you talked about the NCAA and doing what they want to in football. Everyone talks about March Madness. If all these schools form their own conference, they'll have their own March Madness. That's the other part yeah. that I'm curious. If you are, like, are you able to separate football from the rest of this? Like, is there a possibility? Are we too far gone with conference realignment? But Or is it possible that you can separate what these schools do in football from what college basketball mm-hmm. looks like? Because... Do, in all seriousness, do any of these program, any of these schools care? Like they, they would prefer to keep college basketball the same, wouldn't they? Yeah, because of the NCAA tournament. Right. So I, I would get like if they, if they, if this was just about basketball, like none of this would really be happening. So I do wonder if there's a, if there's any way that hey, football is going to go do its own thing with some sort of super conference outside the NCAA playing for its own, well, they already do, but playing for its own championship, making its own rules, but they're all still competing in college, in the NCAA for college basketball and the NCAA tournament and ultimately the rest of the sports. But if it, if it was a super conference, they could split from basketball. Right. Because they're the teams everyone wants to watch. Yes. That, and there'd be a few, right. You'd have your Gonzaga's and your big East, but for the most part, though, your giant fan bases would be in that super conference. And I guess at that point you'd have to find a way to invite Kansas and like Duke, right? Are you gonna are you gonna have a super conference with basketball and not have Kansas? Well, you could have some at larges, I guess. You could have some at larges, yeah. and you'd bring in Gonzaga and other you know big time programs that deserve to be in there. So I I'm college basketball might be in a bad spot here in the future, depending on what they do. But on the football side, I'll be completely honest. I don't actually think this is that bad for college football, like from a uh consumer from a fan standpoint obviously it sucks if your program is left out but as a whole like in mass a super conference of like the 40 or 50 best college football teams sounds yeah, awesome sounds awesome well what are they really changing because you just said they already have their own championship the only thing they're really changing are yeah. the teams that are in it yeah the, so okay Conference realignment, and we've already seen this happen, but it's going to happen even more drastically with L.A. schools going to the Big Ten. But, like, part of what's been lost in college football is sort of the regional rivalries, in a sense, right? Where I I was reading West Virginia fans complaining about, yeah, we're in the Big 12, but, like, we don't play Pitt or Penn State anymore. Like, the the teams that West Virginia fans consider their biggest rivals – they don't play anymore. And like, sure, Iowa State's a conference game, but they don't really care about playing Iowa State. And like, you've lost, you know, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and you you had lost, but you're getting it back. Texas, Texas A&M. Like, there's been some of that that makes college football fun that's gone. And from an individual school standpoint, that sucks. But in the bigger picture, a college football league or conference, whatever it is, where we're talking like the top 50 programs, right? You're saying you're the Big Ten, the SEC as is, plus whatever the best of the rest is with Oregon, some of the ACC What else would you need? You're now getting, like, Alabama on a yearly basis plays, like, two directional schools, right? In November, SEC schools play, like, Southeastern Louisiana, right? right? Louisiana Monroe's on half the SEC schedules, right? But instead of that, 
if you're in some sort of super conference that I'll put it this way, mirrors the NFL, you get Alabama, Oregon, right? Alabama is now playing UCLA in November, right? Alabama is now playing Ohio state. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. You're still going to have Vanderbilt versus Illinois type games, but the NFL has the Texans and the Jags. So that's fine. But like, that sounds awesome to me. Like that sounds incredible. And yeah, uh, programs that are used to going, you know, 9, 10, 11 wins because they got to play in a conference that doesn't have a ton of good teams and they played some bad non-conference teams. They might win five or six games now, but that's fine. We're perfectly fine with seven and eight win NFL teams every year. So why can't we be fine if Oklahoma goes six and six in a given year? I just think it sounds awesome to have the best college football programs only playing the other best college college football football programs. programs. So you think the SEC and Big Ten should break away and just take who they want from the rest of them? I wouldn't hate it if they did. Like, I don't know if it's the best way to do it, because I enjoy college football as is. I wouldn't have a problem if college football stayed the same for the next 30 years. But, like, if you told me the SEC and the Big Ten took, you know, the the Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Oregons of the, of the world and said, yep, we are creating our own league just us two and all these schools we just added there's like 50 of us or whatever that number would be at that point like this is going to be fun i'd be on board i'd watch it all the time i'd be like oh can you imagine the tv ratings if alabama like you said got to play usc one week and ohio state the next and uh again we don't know what notre dame's going to do but notre dame if it went this way notre dame would still get games because it's notre dame but I think you're forcing their hand that they're going to have to join something. Oh. If there's a two super conference or one, well, one super conference, they'd have to join. Right. If there is a break from the traditional NCAA football format and it's the SEC and the Big Ten or the SEC, the ACC and the Big Ten, whatever it is, if there's a break from it, I think those conferences basically have to say, Notre Dame, the only way you're coming is if you join one right. of these conferences. Like you're you're not going to be an in, we're not going to play you if you're an independent you can go play BYU the, the rest, right well no BYU <laughs> I know Jared. they're in the Big Twelve but like you might you you get to go play UNLV right you get to go play the group of five schools from now on so I think this is ultimately and maybe this is the the best thing about all this uh, conference realignment and everything Notre Dame might have to join a conference yeah. they might not get to be in independent football. anymore. Yeah. Are there gonna, like everybody else? They're going to be the only team left in the NCAA, and they're going to be like, we finally can actually have a <laughs> shot at winning a national championship. We got to beat those rebels. It's uh, it's uh, the independent schools. It's Notre Dame, Army, Navy, and what? New Mexico State. I think yeah. those are the independent schools. <laughs> yep. Those will be your team. And like by that time, Kansas will have joined the Big East in basketball and gone independent in football. So Kansas will be the fifth best team in the independence. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. So I, listen, there's a lot of parts about college football that are getting sort of ruined with all of this that have already been ruined. And it sucks for a lot of individual programs, but I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm on board with these super conferences, these super leagues, whatever it ends up being. I think I'm okay with it because I, I would be watching all of those games. It'd be, it'd be a mini NFL on Saturdays. We'd have basically an NFL two on Saturdays before the NFL on Sunday. Want to repeat who we think is going to uh, head from uh, to a power conference from the Mountain West first? Uh, we we both pretty much agree San Diego State's the number one yeah. option. 
uh, and then Boise State's number two, and then UNLV. either UNLV or Colorado, Colorado State, State, depending on which conference yeah. is adding. Depending on where the, the country it is. Yeah, UNLV, if it's anywhere east of that, probably Colorado State. Um, is there anybody else that's even intriguing from the Mountain West? Uh, that's, uh, Jared's at Air Force. I know. I mumbled Air Force. Well, like a... well, they've been, they were mentioned yeah. last time around the Big 12 for some yeah. reason. I can't. People I watch know. their games, and it's very strange to me. Like at a bar, people will be like, turn on the Air Force game. And it's just like, why? Like, why? We mentioned Fresno at 7 o'clock because I've seen some stories on Fresno State. I guess they would be fifth. They don't make a whole lot of sense as to why anybody would want them, but they make more sense than Utah State and Wyoming. So I guess they'd be the fifth option there. I just I think you you run out of gas really quickly after four in the mountain. You don't There's need... four you could make an argument yeah, for. You don't that. need Fresno State if you get San Diego State. Right. Yeah. It, it's, but, yeah if sense. you're the Pac twelve and you keep Cal, Stanford, and you add San Diego State. I, I don't know what Fresno State's doing for you. I, I couldn't couldn't figure out what benefit that would bring to you. Because yeah, they've had some good football teams, but they're not even like they're not even San Diego State level or Boise State level of athletics. So no, you're not, not even not like, overall. Right. No. Adding a great athletic department or anything like that. So I think it's San Diego State, Boise State, and then UNLV Colorado State are the top four. And really the only four that I think you could make a legitimate argument for. If UNLV actually got added to a Pac-12, do they still play Nevada every year as a non-conference oh. game? I'd say, yeah, because they need non-conference games if they're in the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd say they do. You don't? I'd say, I think, I'd say they do. I think they would, but there's part of me that thinks UNLV might say, huh, we're too good for you now. See ya. But what would happen to the cannon? You better win the last one. <laughs> you better win the last game and keep it. Be fun. So, yeah, there you go. We'll see what oh, happens. Oh, man, whoever oh, owns that website is going to be pissed. <laughs> oh, they're going to lose their hits every year, every three days, every year. They're going to lose them. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. Speaking as an extremely clever person, I feel a bit personally attacked by the concept of an evil genius. Anti-intellectualism is rife in the world today, encouraged no small amount by a media concerned that their advertisers' claims that their breakfast cereal induces hallucinogenic bliss in woodland creatures might not hold up to rigorous academic study. Bischoff's Briefs. Well, let's see how far your f- street smarts and common sense get you when you need someone to figure out how to turn a city-sized clod of oceanic waste plastic into drinkable water and hospital-grade insulin. Bischoff's Briefs. Just because I'm smarter than everyone else doesn't mean I look down on people. Someone has to make my sandwiches. Just because I can envision a vastly more efficient society with myself as absolute dictator doesn't mean I want to go to that amount of trouble. Just because I ordered the installation of an oubliette in my basement doesn't mean I have sinister intentions for it. Bischoff's Briefs. So stop asking questions and get your jackhammer out. Today's Bischoff's Briefs is looking at... Joey Chestnuts and the hot dog eating contest. He won his 15th straight hot dog eating contest yesterday. Ate 63 hot dogs. Uh, He was apparently in a boot because he had surgery on his leg and still waddled out there and ate like 15 more hot dogs than second place. So here's a semi-legitimate question. How is he so much better than everybody else at this? 
I mean, I, and look, if you're going to ask me about body types and what happens with that uh, system when this when these things go down, I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth there on on something like that. But practice. Does this kid just sit at home and have dunking water and hot dog eating contests with his wife? Like, I I don't understand how he's so much better at eating hot dogs because there's other... It's got to be something with his body. I guess. It has to be. But there's, like, all these other people that compete. And maybe, I think I have one possible reason. But, like, all the, all the other people that competed, right? They get up there and they've got, like, stats on all the other different types of eating contests, right? Different types of foods that they've all eaten. or That they're champions of. Right. right. All right. these other people have won all yes. these other contests. But, like, hot dogs, it's not even close. The guy is out here with a boot on his foot. He's injured. And it's not even a competition. The entire time, it's not a competition. And I don't quite get how he's so much better than everybody and my only the only thing i could come up with is like maybe there's only like five to six people that actually take it as seriously as joey chestnut does and he's just better than those five or six and the rest of the world maybe there's another guy out there that could eat just as much as joey chestnut but he's got a real job and isn't going to quit it to go try to eat a bunch of hot dogs in 10 minutes like that's the only thing i can think of because this guy is unbelievably dominant at something we watch every single year against people that at least appear to be trying to beat him and doing this on a regular basis too. Like he's out like Joey Chestnut does to the rest of this competitive eating world. Like what LeBron James would do if he showed up at Lotus and was like, Hey, let's go play one-on-one. Okay. Like that's what it looks like. Here's what I found according to the internet in the journal of, yeah, I'm not trying to pronounce that. They did a study where they had a normal person, eat what a competitive eater eats in hot dogs or just yes food? and it was just physically impossible right because what happens is your stomach starts to contract during mm-hmm. digestion competitive <laughs> eaters stomachs don't they don't like they do not start digesting until they're like i am done eating okay so um, their stomach just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger oh i i just 15 straight years and the, Kobayashi, you know. Kobayashi was there. Kobayashi was there for a long time. Um, I don't even want to think about uh, the aftermath. I, yeah, I, I can't even think about the aftermath. Um, Did you see the guy get choke slammed by Joey Chestnut? That's what I was going to say. Joey Chestnut has a – he's on crutches. He's scarfing down hot dogs. And then a protester comes up. He choke holds him and throws him to the ground. And that uh, uh, announcer Shea kid – he jumps on top of the guy, I think. I think that guy jumped on top of him. Joey Chestnut's choke slam was vicious. Yeah. That was not just like a, hey, get out of here. That was, I hope you're in the hospital for a few months after this. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that protester was simply not okay at the moment because <laughs> Joey Chestnut tried to end him. Like, and guess what? Still one what? by fifteen <laughs> hot dogs. So can they? He's can, actually mad because he's like, I what, had I not had to choke slam well, a guy. That's a good point because did they pay off the tickets? Because that might have uh, that might have uh, um, affected the over under. And I honest. actually saw that on Twitter when when he had to stop to choke hold the protester <laughs> and throw him down like a rag doll. That stopped him from continuing to eat on. So you can tweet at us, uh, please. If that happened in terms of ticks, I was wondering about that. Someone put it out on, I think it was someone uh, from Vison put it out, like, will this affect things? Because literally, 
I mean, how many can, you know, what what was that? Two, three seconds, maybe? That's an extra dog. I don't know what the number was, but he it took his it took his focus away. And like you said, he still won by 15, 20 dogs. All right. Here's the question for you guys from Bischoff's briefs. Um, do either of you think that you could complete the nine 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 challenge? Now the nine 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 challenge that? is nine hot dogs, nine beers in nine innings of baseball. Oh yeah, not no. a problem. The beers would not. I would. The beers wouldn't be a problem. That would be the problem with me. Okay. I think the hot dogs would be a problem for all three of us. Oh, I don't. I'm not even saying I could do the hot dogs. I, right well, when you said, on, right when on. you said the beers, I said no. The are they Dodger dogs? Are they like? Are they the fourth pound? Are they like the cheap, you know, two dollar hot dog that you can just sort of like? It tastes gray. Yeah, somehow. like Dodgers or Nathan's are really, really good. Be I'll be hot dogs. Yeah, Dodger dog, Jared. I couldn't do nine. Uh, that's gonna be. That's gonna be hard. <laughs> the nine beers is not an issue at all. I do that before we enter the stadium. <laughs> no, I okay. No, I do not think I could do it. Um, I don't think I've drank nine beers this entire year. And also, like I said earlier, sometimes I faint when I eat too much. Um, so nine hot dogs and in nine innings would actually be spaced out enough normally it's when i eat a lot very quickly but still probably would be an issue trying to eat nine hot dogs so no i do not think i could actually do what this. food do you think you could do nine for nine take the beers out of it and it's got to be like a regular food you can't say like i don't know like a bite of ice cream or something i mean nine slices be... of pizza oh my gosh that's what i was gonna um. say i was gonna say i the hot dogs no but pizza would be in he, that would be in the neighborhood that I think I could do pizza. I I would ask them to not slice it so that I could just make it a taco, <laughs> just scarf it down, just fold I, it in half and nine. I think because it's one slice an inning. Yeah, I yes, think, I think that's that's plausible. There, I think that I'm is. I'm only doing cheese though. Like I'm not getting any extra <laughs> toppings on there. I'm only doing nine this... slices of cheese pizza. But I I think that would maybe be my best shot. This nine. Is... Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do like nine tacos. That'd be no. too much. I think it. I think it'd be pizza would be the best. Could you option. do the nine beers? Uh if it was something I liked, probably not. I don't really drink beer. I like drink cider more than beer. If it was something I liked, I think I could do nine beers in in a nine inning base. That's three hours. Yeah, I could probably do that. I mean, I could probably do a Jack and Coke every half inning. <laughs> you could or you could or you have. Uh, I well, I could. I mean, you still got to pay for them as part of the problem. Yeah, that is the. Yeah, you're right. And you're they right. stop I, serving after uh, the seventh inning. So, I like the fact you had nine before you entered the stadium. <laughs> that was nice. I love that. Well, you got to get there early to get your free <laughs> the, your free stuff that you get while entering. And so, what are you going to do in the parking lot? <laughs> I think but pizza's that is on the, the nine, list. Nine 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 challenge. Um, so, yeah, coming up next, Ryan Wallace is going to join the show. Uh, he apparently ate a whole lot of food this week as well. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Hockey Guy. I'm out. Hello, Ryan. How are hey, you Ryan. this morning? Uh, good, guys. How are you doing? Good. All right. Important question for you. Do you think you could complete the 999 challenge? That is nine beers, nine hot dogs, and nine innings of baseball. Where's the challenge? 
Oh, look at you. Oh, look at you. Wow. Are you putting anything on the hot dogs? Well, there's, there's, I mean, there's no challenge in that, Tyler. Come on. Okay. What is that? Wow. Look at you. How many, how many pieces of sushi did you eat uh, when you guys went out for sushi? Oh, God. Um, it was a lot. It, it was probably over 40 pieces of nigiri and, and three rolls all by myself. So, uh, in, in fairness, I, I ate like a bird pretty much the entire day leading up to that moment, and it was glorious. Are you the guy they hate for all you can eat? Because uh, usually, like my son gets all you can eat, but then he, he shoots he shoots over what he can really do. But it sounds like you might say all you can eat, and they're like, okay, here we go. This guy's going to earn his money. Yeah, there are, they, like, whenever I go to sushi, they're irritated with me by the time I'm halfway through my first order. So it, it <laughs> like, like it's one of those things where, where you know what's coming next and you just can't do anything about it. Uh, that's essentially what happens every time I go to sushi. I, I warn them ahead of time. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a big one. I'm really hungry. Uh, and then after I order, like, you know, 25, 30 pieces of nigiri, I'm like, that'll do for the first round. And and they always look at me skeptically, and then all of a sudden, when it when I'm ready for the second round, it, it becomes a, a dangerous problem. Well, you're probably not the only person that walks in there and is like, "Yeah, I'm going to eat everything on your menu." And then most people probably don't actually do it. Uh, yeah, not not typically. Like, listen, I I love sushi. It's honest to God, my my favorite food, like my favorite favorite culinary experience. Um, I could go in, and if I'm hungry back a lot but even if i'm not hungry i can put back a lot uh there is no sushi restaurant ever that has made money on me on an all-you-can-eat deal it doesn't happen it just doesn't is there anything you would not want to do the 999 of like, um, is there anything you just don't like that's that's a really good question I, i'm fairly open when it comes to food like i don't i don't get too uh hung up or or tied into eating, you know, different types of stuff or, or not eating certain things. So I can't imagine that there's anything that would push me over the edge unless we were talking about, like, I don't know, stinky fruit or something. Like, you know, I, I, think, I think I'd be good with any type of eating challenge, to be honest with you. I, I could put back some food. Uh, Jared has a very important question for you. Okay. Wait. What animal do you think you could take on a leash onto a plane and claim it as emotional support from your farm? Uh, from the farm, uh, okay. Like, we have a bunny rabbit. Her name is Lemon. She's really cute, really fluffy. She could pass for it, mainly because she's cute and fluffy and she doesn't smell bad. Uh, the one that I think would be really funny, especially on a plane because it's such tight quarters, would be one of our goats, and specifically one of our boy goats because goats are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't even know, Jared. What what was the story? Somebody had a somebody had an emotional support turkey on an airplane. Yeah, that's that's not a thing. Turkeys <laughs> are not are not at all emotionally supportive of humans right. in they're, any they're way, mean. shape, or form outside of Thanksgiving. So, um, no, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, do you wait? Do you guys have turkeys or just chickens? No, we have tried a couple of times to, to have turkeys, but we we just we haven't had any luck with uh, with the turkeys. Uh, we have chickens, 
Um, I would not recommend chickens as emotional support animals either, um, especially the, the, the roosters. They get pretty mean. Yeah, like my mom has turkeys, and all I've ever heard is how they're mean, how they're, like, angry. <laughs> so I'm, I'm confused. Well, they know what's going to eventually happen. That's why. <laughs> I'm confused as to how they have an emotional support turkey because the turkey's not nice. There's there's no logic there, Tyler. It's it's malarkey is what it is. Uh, is there any uh, farm animal that if you saw on a plane, you would get off the plane? Yeah, a goat for sure. <laughs> if I saw a goat on a plane, I'd turn around, I'd walk the other way. I mean, any uh, idea how bad that would smell? Cool. A steer, just because, like, how are you getting that out of the overhead bin? <laughs> All right, here's a hockey question for oh, you, Ryan. Oh, no, come on. No, we we, we got to get some predictions from him. Which goalie starts the first game of the season for the Golden Knights? Uh, I don't feel like this is a controversial take, uh, mainly because I'm going to preface this with I don't know how long the rehab process is going to be for Robin Leonard. I do not know if he's tracking to be available and ready for the Golden Knights on opening night. I'm operating under the assumption that he's not, just because we haven't been told that he will. So my opening night starting goaltender is going to be Logan Thompson. So follow-up to that, which goalie starts the most games next season for the Golden Knights? I think it'll be Robin Leonard. I I do. I I don't know that he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season, but I don't expect that it's going to be a situation where he's missing half the year continuing to rehab and then, is only going to get about 41 potential games, so you're, you're looking at like 28 starts. I don't think it's going to be a situation like that. I think Robin Leonard will lead this team in games played. I just don't know that he's going to be game one starter because of his rehab. A lot of people guessing is what they're going to do uh, with this, this salary cap and the names that are going to be moved if they have to. Have you kind of put pen to paper and figured out what you think is going to happen, uh, the report that Riley Smith's back, and how they're going to have to get to that number? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are a couple of different ways to look at it. Um, for me, I always like the idea of dealing from a position of strength. And this is going to be an unpopular uh, decision or, or position to, to talk about. But if you look at the Golden Knights roster right now, they're strong defensively, they're strong on the back end, and they're strong down the middle. Like for a team that once was thought to not have really good center depth, all of a sudden, that's where they're strongest up front. I think the Golden Knights need help on the wing if they're going to introduce any help at all. So to me, it doesn't really make sense to move on from a player like Max Pacioretty, even though he's only got one year left, even though it's the highest cap hit of the three players I'm going to talk about. He's the only winger on this team that's going to score goals. So I don't know that it makes any sense to to take that out, to extract that from your lineup. So then you look at, okay, down the middle, where are the expendable centers and how much money are they making? I don't think that William Carlson is an expendable center, but if Chandler Stevenson is your second-line center and Jack Eichel is your top-line center, then you're paying a third-line center in William Carlson almost $6 million. I don't think that that makes sense on a cash-strapped team. So you start to talk yourself into the idea of, is there a trade there? Can you get value? Will it work? That would be a large chunk of change. Then you also look to the back end. The Golden Knights played the majority of the season last year without Alec Martinez, and it allowed some of their younger defensemen to really grow into bigger roles. 
if there's a trade there and it makes sense, then I think you can move on in that direction. I don't know that I want to do that because of the intangibles he brings, but those are options. So to me, what makes the most sense would be a Carlson trade, a Martinez trade, and then like the last one on my list would be Max Pacioretty because if you trade him, who's scoring? Which Golden Knight can out-eat you at all-you-can-eat sushi? Oh, all of them, I'm sure. All like, of them? Oh, really? Tyler, Tyler listen, I, I, as much as I eat sushi, right, I'm not like a well-tuned athlete by any stretch, like not even at all. I'm the exact opposite of that. And I would imagine like even a Golden Knights player that is operating at the highest level, after a morning skate in which they don't really do much, I, I would probably wager they could eat more sushi than I can. Wow. Okay. Their bodies so just burn to... up all the energy. They need to replenish. Okay. All right. So all of them is the answer, apparently. Okay. Which one uh, is most likely to want a pet goat? Uh, I, I would say Braden McNabb or Chandler Stevenson, uh, just based on the fact that you know McNabb comes from um, a, a town where there's a lot of farming, and he's talked about farming, and I'm fairly certain he's his emoji, if we're going to go that direction, is a tractor. <laughs> I'm going to use deduction there and say that it would be Braden McNabb. All right. And Chandler Stevenson is wheat, so there you go. Okay, good job. That is uh, that is more analysis than I expected for that question, so good job. He's Ryan Wallace, uh, VGK Insider Show. You guys are off today, correct? Today and tomorrow we'll be back uh, Thursday and Friday. All, All right. right, NFL or NHL draft this week. Ryan, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Boy, the uh, sushi. I didn't know that. That's a lot of sushi. Yeah, that's a lot of sushi. That's, I, see, all you can eat, your eyes are bigger usually than your stomach. Oh, 100%. And you get you get like into four or five rolls, and you think you got more in you, but you're just like, oh, I just don't have more in me. It appears that Ryan has more in him. Apparently. Did, the key is, you got you. I, Ryan apparently orders a whole bunch up front. You just got to order as you go. Like you eat right. one and you say, okay, still feeling good. Bring me another one. Yeah. You can't, you can't order it all at once because then you're going to run into the problem where you got too much damn food. Nah, and you, these places charge you when you don't eat it all. You go to the, you go to the one where it revolves and you only grab stuff oh. off the revolving oh, thing. Oh, the revolver. And you're I've just been like, all right, I'm going to eat this one. I've been to one and of those. that one. What a yeah. great idea that is. I, the revolving sushi is incredible. Yeah. It's also a quick way to spend way too much money. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, you don't because you lose track because you're like, oh, it's only two dollars. Yeah, because you lose right. track, but it's and only two like, bites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But revolving sushi is great because that that is like the best way to try new sushi. Exactly, because they give you two pieces. Yeah, it's two bucks and it's like, oh, yeah, I will try this weird thing that I don't know how to pronounce. Oh, pretty good. It's the best way to try new sushi. It's great. All right. We got tickets to give away. If you want to go to the Summer League, get ready to call now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We've got a four-pack of tickets for any day at the NBA Summer League. All 30 teams will be here in Vegas. You'll get up to eight games in a single day at Thomas & Mack, July 7th through the 17th. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to win a four-pack of tickets, be caller number nine at 702 702- 364-1100. Alvarez hits it well and hits it deep to right center. Kiss it goodbye. Over the Astros bullpen for the second straight day. The Astros hit a walk-off over and they beat the Kansas City Royals by a final of 7-6. 
you're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Adam. He won tickets to go see the Black Keys. And to Buddy, who won tickets to go to the NBA Summer League. Um, You're right, Ed. The Astros may never lose another baseball game. Well, they get to play the The Royals. The juggernaut. (laughs) Royals amazing. The amazing part is the Astros, I think, have still played the fewest games against teams above 500 in all of baseball. And I think they have the easiest remaining schedule in all of baseball. This isn't directly related to the Astros, but can we agree as a group that any team that is actively employing Mike Matheny is not trying to win (laughs) baseball games? Like, he looks like... He genuinely, he looks like the angry manager of a department store. But he's not even the worst division or worst manager in his division. I mean, even a blind squirrel is right twice a day. And smarter than Tony La Russa. Um, By the way, two things from the White Sox yesterday. Did you see the triple play that they hit into? Uh, (laughs) I heard about it. It was an 8-5 triple play. Right. So first and second, nobody out. A fly out to the wall. A deep fly out. (laughs) turned into a triple play because both runners thought that uh, Byron Buxton, the twin center fielder, didn't catch. I don't understand how they both didn't realize he caught the ball. They both just took well, off. Well, they just took off like it was like it was going to go off the wall or a home but, run or and, they just saw it off the bat. It was, you know, it was well, it was too deep. They didn't even and but it wasn't even a case like, "Oh, they were already running and he made a great catch." Like they didn't take off until he caught it. Like, they were waiting to see, is he going to catch it or not? And he caught it, and they just ran. Like, I don't, are they both blind? I was (laughs) utterly, I did not understand how two guys could not have seen him catch the ball. And so it was an 8-5 triple play, which is hilarious. Uh, Never happened before. No. Yeah, well, I would hope not. (laughs) But the actual funny part is that that game ended up going into extra innings. And, um, oh, your favorite Joe Kelly blew the game, by the way, for the White Sox. But Tony La Russa got ejected for arguing balls and strikes. And the call that he got ejected for arguing was called a ball, and it was legitimately like six inches off the plate. Like it wasn't even close to being a strike, and he got mad and got thrown out. Uh, Tony's lost it a long time ago. I, what are the White Sox doing? I know. Why? Why is that guy still? They have the held on forever for him. Team? I don't know. I I, I don't understand. They are two games under five hundred. They are they are in the the division with like the worst first place team is the AL Central. They're still not out of it because the Twins aren't that good. Right. But if they would just fire, to, they might win the division if they fire Tony La Russa today. Or at least but yet he's still there. Get a third base coach that goes. Don't run. That too, or a first, <laughs> just somebody, anybody doesn't even have to be one of the, just somebody somewhere. Someone in the stands going, right? Stop! I, but like, wh- what are they doing? That team was supposed to be good, and no, they're supposed under to win the division. I thought they were supposed to win the division. We're we're almost at the halfway yeah. point of the season, and they're under five I, that's such a bad team, and it, I I just am gonna blame Tony La Russa. I know they've had some injuries and stuff, and like Yon Mancata has been terrible this year, but like. That team sucks, and I blame Tony La Russa. So that's an easy person to blame. 
Do you so see yeah, what, Jared, you see Mike this. Matheny, not the worst manager in the AL Central. Do you see this Pac-12 statement? Oh, what? Did, yeah. They're Board wrong. of Directors met this morning, authorized the conference to immediately begin negotiations for its next media rights agreement. What are you negotiating? Right. You if had you a call sti- ESPN today. Yeah, what, is, exactly. what do you tell them? We're getting Boise. I mean, <laughs> what do you mean negotiate your next media rights agreement? You screwed up on the last one. Now you've lost USC and UCLA. What what will your pitch be when you call all the TV networks at this point? Yeah, I. I, like, I, mean, I guess you can authorize your people to do it, but then the people actually have to call somebody. Do you call ESPN <laughs> and, and say, say okay, if we stick together, what? How much money are you giving us? And then go from there and be like, all right, everybody, don't leave because this is how much money ESPN is giving us. I. I guess, but wouldn't ESPN said, who else are you bringing? Are you saying that they don't expand? Right. You, if you're just the Pac-12 and you say, okay, ESPN, if we are what we are right now, what are you giving well, us? Oh, it'd be less than you're getting. I guess. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, it, it's... I think that, that, that was such a funny... And everyone tweeted the statement as if it was, like, a huge deal that they <laughs> get, that they can begin negotiations. And my thing was, like you said, you're, call, well, you're calling Fox, you're calling ESPN, you're calling whoever you're calling... And you're pitching what? We still have Oregon? I mean, maybe, I don't know what else you would we, pitch. Maybe we should get into this in a future show, but have you seen like the accusations that ESPN and Fox are the reason behind all of the yes. conference realignments? Yes. That basically I mean, they're the ones pushing these leagues to say, hey, go get another school in a big market and we'll give you more money. I mean, you wouldn't fall over if that's true with television. Probably not. No. no. And yeah, hey, this is because that's. That is ultimately what is driving the money in college football, and yes. what's driving the money is driving college football, and it's your television deals. How much money can you get from ESPN, Fox, or CBS? And if ESPN what? says, hey, we'll give you so much more money if you get the L.A. market, then you go get the L.A. market. Uh, remind me on the Vegas Bowl trifecta. Pac-12, is it Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten? Uh, yes, I believe so. And they rotate through the Big Ten and the SEC. Okay. So you could have SC against Oregon in the Las Vegas Bowl in about three years, <laughs> right? I mean, I guess you could. You could. If bowl games exist, bowl, That's bowl games true. Who knows if they exist. Who knows if they're going to be around? They're all going to be SEC Big Ten teams. <laughs> play. They're just going to be extensions of the regular season in the SEC Big Ten uh... Super League. Is what it's going to be. So, I'd love for that to happen. UCLA yeah. against Arizona in the Las Vegas Bowl <laughs> uh, would be fun. Would be a fun. I'd I'd, I'd go watch that oh, yeah. Las Vegas Bowl. Be a lot of fun. All right. See you guys tomorrow. See ya. Stay well.